0: Hello and welcome to the CGF sustainability podcast series. My name is Louise Chester and I work in the communications team at the Consumer Goods Forum. In this series, we take a deep dive into all things sustainability, from forced labour to plastics, deforestation, food waste and refrigeration. As I'm currently out of the office on maternity leave, today's episode will be brought to you by a special guest host. Thanks, Louise.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Madeline Vanderhaven, and I'm also on the communications team at the CGF. I'm so happy to be hosting the CGF Sustainability Podcast while Louise is off having a beautiful baby. As we wrap up the year, I'm pleased to be joined by the two co-chairs of the CGF's Plastic Waste Coalition of Action, Rob Nickel from Walmart Canada and Barry Parkin from Mars Incorporated who are joining me just as the Plastic Waste Coalition has shared the first details of its actions it is taking to drive down plastic pollution worldwide. As one of the largest coalitions at the CGF with 36 members from around the world, the coalition represents a truly powerful force driving positive change on this issue. Rob and Barry are at the helm of this initiative and I'm so excited to take a deep dive on the plastic of topic waste with them today. Hi, Barry. Hi, Rob, and welcome to the podcast.
2: Yeah, hi, and thanks, Madeline. I'm delighted to
3: join today. Hi, Madeline, Thanks for having us on.
1: You're very welcome. So we've already been working together for months on this coalition, and it's great to finally be able to share the coalition's journey with the world uh, and that, on a journey towards a world where no plastic ends up in nature. Looking back on this past year, can you share what it's been like to join this coalition and indeed take on a leadership role as co-chair? Rob, perhaps we can start with you.
3: Sure, happy to. Um, I think I feel like uh, it's been both daunting, but very exciting. Daunting because the challenge is significant and it's multifaceted and it's global. um, And it's gonna be um, a challenge for us to, to make progress um, overall. But very excited because we've accomplished a lot already. And my introduction to the CGF was one of our first meetings of the coalition in early March in New York City. And there was uh, sort of 30 different representatives of 30 of the biggest companies in the world. It was an energized group, very uh, much trying to identify ways that we could make a real difference and um, there was a desire for action and we had a great working plan coming out of that meeting and we we're ready to move forward and then of course one week later uh, COVID hit um, most of the rest of the world and um, the world was beginning a lockdown and uh, obviously we were thrown off by that a bit but um, I'm amazed at how much progress we continue to make despite those big challenges, and so um, I'm so impressed by the energy and by the results, and by what we've been able to accomplish together, working as a coalition.
2: Yeah, let me come in on that. I think um, exactly the same in many ways. You know, I I would argue, in fact, we've made um, greater progress because of the pandemic. Um, from that first meeting back in uh, back in March, uh, we've met. Uh, You know, incredibly frequently, virtual workshops, uh, meetings, and the energy of the group, the participation level of the group has been uh, fantastic. Um, And I think one of the things we've all remarked on is um, we all think we've had better access to the CEOs, and uh, the CGF is a is a CEO-led organization, um, and the CEOs are very engaged in the issues, and uh, whenever we've called them together, We've had 20, 30 CEOs on calls uh, debating this issue, uh, and that has really allowed us to make progress. It's allowed us to get to decision-making faster, uh, and we've really heard the point of view of the CEOs. And what we've heard consistently from them is, this is the most important sustainability issue that they're all wrestling with. And uh, that's given energy to everybody in their organizations and to this group to to make the progress that that we have. It gets us to where we are today, which is the, uh, you know, the uh, if, if you like, the external official launch of the, uh, the action plan, the first wave of that action plan, uh, 36 companies, a trillion euros of uh, sales value across those companies. Um, and, you know, a good start, 10 percent of the plastic waste uh, that is produced, uh, packaging waste um, from these companies. So we start, we've got a critical mass of companies uh, moving forward now. And uh, that's what's really giving me uh, huge energy.
1: Thanks so much both, that's great to hear. On this topic of plastic waste, you mentioned that the CEOs were saying that this is one of, if not the biggest sustainability issue they're tackling right now. Plastics have a really bad reputation. Is it all well-deserved?
2: Well, I'd argue that that it has both a a good and a bad reputation. Um, I I think we all recognize the value of plastics. you know, what they've done in terms of over over the years in providing safe, fresh food, safe um, uh, materials, hygiene uh, uh, products to consumers all over the world. Plastic has been absolutely critical in getting those products to billions of consumers around the world. Um, They're also incredibly lightweight um, and that helps with uh, transport and the carbon footprint and they obviously provide great convenience resealability so there's many things that plastics have uh, where plastics have brought benefits to humanity but and it's a very big but uh, i think none of us truly appreciated uh, the problems at the end of their life so great start of life great middle part of their life but but a, a real disaster at the end of life where the vast majority of plastic packaging has not been recycled, and some of it is not making it into any form of managed system, and that is a major, major issue, and that's why uh, the consumer goods industry is so engaged on this and, uh, uh, and working away well on it. So I think it's a real mixed bag. You know, we've the answer will be um, not no plastic. It'll be plastic used responsibly uh, and other materials alongside plastic uh, to provide that same Um, you know, safe and convenient uh, product to to
3: billions of consumers around the world. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, We're going to see plastic in our stores in the future, but it's going to be in a different way, probably less of it, hopefully. Um, But we have to understand, you know, as a retailer, in particular from Walmart's perspective, um, some of the reasons for the use of plastic. And, you know, two areas in particular that are major concern to us um, include food safety and food waste. Um, food waste is a major initiative of Walmarts. We're dedicated to reducing food waste and eliminating it by 2025. And you know, plastic has a role to play in that. So I think overall, what we need as Barry said is a balanced approach. And I think what's been great about the coalition's work is the coalition recognizes that. Um, and we're taking a balanced approach to the uh, solutions and ideas that we're bringing forward. So. Um, We recognize the important role of plastic, but we also recognize, as Barry has said, that we can do more and that we must do more uh, as we go into the future.
1: And just speaking of doing more, as I mentioned, the coalition has just released the first details of how exactly its members are working to reduce plastic waste and accelerate progress towards a circular economy, which we know is a system where plastic is kept in the value chain. And at end of life is is brought back, so it's circular and kept out of the natural environment and landfills. And these first two actions that the coalition has taken are focused on packaging and policy commitments, and there's two golden design rules and an optimal framework for extended producer responsibility programs. Can you tell our listeners more details about what these commitments are and how they will actually help our global efforts to drive down plastic pollution?
3: Sure, so why don't I start first and um, describe the the golden design rules. And really these are rules, uh, guidelines, standards to improve the design of plastic packaging uh, in order to help reduce waste, uh, to improve its recyclability. And I think there's two simple principles behind it. Uh, One, we wanna use less plastic generally. And two, we wanna make the plastic that we do use more easily recyclable in order to be able to drive up recycling rates in um, in countries throughout the world. So the first two rules that we're um, announcing uh, just today and moving forward with uh, that over 20 companies uh, that Barry had uh, mentioned earlier have signed up for including first uh, removing pigments and labels from PET products and so that will make uh, PET uh, products much more recyclable and second we're eliminating hard to recycle products, products that are very difficult to to be recycled and and really end up more likely as waste in the stream. And that includes things like PVC, polystyrene and carbon black. And so the hope through these design rules is to uh, use less plastic, um, ensure that the plastic we do use is more recycled. And um, we think this is just a start. We've got two design rules now, we're working on others and we hope to move forward with, uh, with more into the future.
2: Yeah, let me build on that rob so you know robs talked about the first responsibility of of companies which is to design uh, the packaging in the right way the second responsibility is to support the collection and sorting of that material and you know historically much of that burden has fallen on uh, on government and local government and uh, what we're saying with this extended producer responsibility uh, set of guidelines is that industry is ready to invest alongside government to ensure that that collection and uh, sorting takes place, um, provided uh, that it's done, that's done in the most efficient and responsible way. So it, these EPR guidelines, extended producer responsibility guidelines, are where the industry is laying out a blueprint for an optimal system. Uh, and what we're saying is if, you know, if that system is going to be in place, then we're ready to invest. Um, and it's basically a, a, a service fee that supports that collection and sorting. Um, and uh, we've laid out all the conditions under which that we think that works uh, the best. And what's happening around the world at the moment is that country after country is reviewing um, the, the processes they have in place for collection and sorting, the systems they have in place. Uh, some have already systems and they're looking to improve them. Some now have no systems at all. And they're looking to put something in place. And, and uh, we're, as an industry, ready to now engage with governments uh, country by country around the world and work with them to design uh, that optimal system. So this is a major step forward for the industry. We've, we, in a way, we've got off the fence here and said, EPR done well is a good thing. And uh, you know, this is the second area where we need to invest after design. Uh, to make this system really work.
1: Thanks, Barry, for that. Um, I think EPR might be a term that many of our listeners aren't necessarily familiar with, but it's a really important topic, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the progress that the coalition makes on that subject. Um, but I'd like to focus on the golden design rules, because as you mentioned, the majority of plastic packaging just is not recycled, um, and so I'd like to know some concrete examples about what these golden design rules will mean for the plastic packaging market. And Mars and Walmart, your respective companies are both committed to implementing these two golden design rules. So can you each each tell us more about what that would look like? Have you already made progress on these tool rules prior to joining the coalition? I'd just love to know what changes in products we can expect to see as a result of your companies implementing these rules.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, because this is a coalition of action. And uh, it's not about fine words and papers, it's ultimately about action. And uh, you know, that's very much been our mantra all the way through. So let me pick a very concrete example, uh, PVC uh, packaging. Uh, this is, you know, what, and the problem with PVC is that it's toxic if it's burnt, uh, if it's incinerated in, uh, in the wrong way. So um, you know, we've committed to eliminate uh, PVC from all our packaging. We've been working on that for a while. Um, this uh, CGF commitment has given us a you know a final push on this. Um, we the reality is we used hardly any PVC. And frankly, a few years ago we didn't even know where we used PVC, but we found it in a variety of packs around the world. We found it in uh, tamper-proof um, um, seals on uh, on Dolmio sauce jars. We found it in, on uh, squeezable. Um, source packages in Australia, we found it in uh, blister packs for some of our gum products in countries. So, you know, we, we worked out where this was and we've been systematically removing it uh, and replacing it with other materials. And um, as with many of these issues, what you, what you find out is that um, somebody picked PVC because it was the best material for the job um, in terms of its functionality. Um, but now we know that it's got a poor end of life. We've got to replace it with something else, and that's often pretty hard. So we've been uh, grinding away at this um, product by product, SKU by SKU, and uh, we're virtually at the end of that journey now, and we'll be uh, we'll be out of PVC very shortly. So you know, this is this is what it's about. It's about redesigning products one by one uh, throughout your entire portfolio. And uh, on this one, we're, we're very near the end of that journey now.
3: Yeah, I think, as Barry said, the reason why we're particularly excited is because we know that the programs that we're pursuing, the golden design rules, are practical and actionable and will have results. And from a Walmart perspective, we've already been on this journey for uh, some of these initiatives. Um, Globally, we have something called the Walmart Recyclability Playbook, and it's this great know, probably about 50 pages, um, very visual, uh, clear direction to suppliers about uh, what packaging is acceptable to us and what packaging is not acceptable to us. It's actually got sort of a, a green, yellow or red code to it, right? Green are our packaging that we will totally accept. Uh, yellow is something that we might have concern about or that we're moving away from. Red is something like PVC or EPS that we're absolutely moving away from. So. We've been on this journey for a while from a global perspective. And I think, you know, again, educating our suppliers about what exactly our expectations are. In Canada, we have a a plastic charter that we announced uh, about two years ago. It's very consistent with the the direction and where we're going with the um, CGF's golden rules. You know, we've had some great wins in the past couple of years in Canada, whether it's been uh, 50% post-consumer recycling in our bakery clamshells. Uh, we've unwrapped bananas and peppers. We've got 100% post consumer recycled content in, in water bottles. We've gotten rid of plastic straws and plastic util- utilities, cutlery. Um, and so we're making progress. Um, we're following the golden design rules and we're reducing PVC EPS and you know, towards elimination. And so um, I think we're excited by the fact that we are actually making real progress and we know that others are gonna be able to do this as well following the golden design rules that we put out today.
1: Well, you're excited about that progress. I'm excited about that progress. So is the CGF, it's it's really great to hear um, what steps both of your companies are making. And I know the other companies in the coalition are making steps as well. So thank you for those, those concrete um, examples to demonstrate those actions. Now, moving on to just the timing of it all. The the announcement of these first two golden design rules comes at the end of a unprecedented year, thanks to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. And at the CGF, we've always been passionate about sustainability and leaders of sustainable business. And the launch of these rules now seems more significant than ever, given the increased concern the consumer goods industry has faced about plastics waste this year. As we discussed earlier, plastics are a really helpful material and they have been this year to use to help stop the spread of COVID. But it's given rise to more concerns about waste as a result of using more single use products. At our recent Sustainable Retail Summit in October, our moderator, Tom Heap, even asked if 2020 was, quote, the revenge of plastics, end quote. So both of you as co-chairs of the coalition, I'd like to, like to get your thoughts on moving into 2021, what predictions do you have for the future of the consumer goods industry's relationship with
0: plastic?
3: Well, after 2020, I'm gonna confess I'm not very good at predictions because I didn't predict 2020, so I'll do my best. Um, listen, I think the fact that we've made progress, as we talked about earlier, in the midst of the biggest global disruption since World War II or perhaps even longer, um, is really impressive. And the fact that we've made this progress in 2020 um, and have um, released the, uh, the first two golden rules and uh, released our, our paper on EPR is, is very impressive. And so I think we've been able to make this progress in 2020. I, I, I think the future is bright for 2021 and what we're able to accomplish there. And I think we're gonna see even more companies come on board and support the, um, the golden rules and sign up to other golden rules. Um, and so I'm very positive about uh, the activity and the, the momentum that we're going to be able to build um, with the coalition and more broadly um, it's still not all rosy uh, there's still major challenges that we need to face but I think we've made significant strides in a very challenging year and I think there's 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 more progress to come
2: yeah let me let me um, comment on this one I think the um, know, we've got to stay the course here. Covid has disrupted uh, the world this year, Um, but this is a five-year effort and, uh, you know, I think the key thing uh, that the consumer goods industry needs to do is to is to keep the foot hard on the accelerator here. We've got to tackle this issue, we've got to accelerate our actions, we've got to, to make progress. So I, you know, I have two predictions about what you're going to see in 21 and beyond. The, f- the first is you're going to see more and more products on shelf uh, in uh, supermarkets, in stores, in the virtual world, in the e-world, um, more and more products that are made with recycled content, more and more products uh, where that packaging is designed for recyclability. Um, that's my first prediction and that's going to happen and within five years you're going to see a massive transformation in what you see uh, from uh, the, the packaging offered by the consumer goods industry and the packaging uh, on the store, on shelf in the retailers. And alongside that, my second prediction is that consumers are going to value this. Um, it's been a challenge, frankly, with, with many sustainability issues to engage consumers in this, to get consumers to reward the products uh, that are doing a good job on sustainability. I think that's gonna change on packaging. Uh, Plastic packaging is a very uh, issue close to consumers' hearts. It's very personal, it's in their hand. They care deeply about this. And uh, my belief is they're gonna reward the companies and the brands, the retailers, the manufacturers that do a good job on this. And it's gonna be the issue where consumers really show uh, that they care about sustainability through what they purchase.
1: Well, you both sound pretty optimistic. So for my last question, I just like to ask both of you what it's like to be a leader in the effort against this global and indeed challenging issue. Um, As we've spoken about a lot today, there are a lot of issues at stake, environmental, economical, social, legislative, and a lot of players in the game like manufacturers retailers service providers consumers governments and waste management systems so i think when i say that's a big challenge is a severe understatement so how do you stay motivated and inspired
3: I,
2: I don't find that hard at all madeline i you know i'm i'm motivated by the energy of the group you know i'm motivated by my peers in these 36 companies that were working together on this manufacturers and retailers I'm motivated by the CEOs. As I said before, the CEOs really care about this issue, and we've uh, we've been blessed to have uh, two CEOs as our sponsors: um, Alan Jope from from Unilever, Galen Weston from Loblaw. They've been fantastic sponsors, providing leadership and an interface into the, uh, the broader group of CEOs. Um, I'm also getting huge energy from the uh, the consultants we're using. Systemic have been a fantastic organizing uh, an expert consultancy alongside at CGF and, and finally um, I've really enjoyed working with Rob and uh, we've we hadn't uh, met we hadn't uh, we met for the first time back at that uh, fateful meeting in March uh, of this year um, but it's been a real pleasure to work with Rob and uh, with the Walmart team through this year.
3: Well, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, first of all, Barry is someone who's got a, a long history with the CGF and has been just so extremely helpful to me as I was onboarded um, at the beginning of the year. And I just agree with everything that he said in terms of the support that we've gotten from, from the CGF, from systemic, from our co sponsors. Um, it, it really isn't hard to be motivated. Uh, this is a critical issue, um, but it's also an issue where we're working with people who are. Really determined to make a difference too in each of those uh, country, uh, companies that we're working with, and um, you know from the very beginning, Barry always said we this is a biases coalition of action, and we want real action coming out of it. And so uh, you know we're really proud of the fact that this didn't become like another committee that many uh, organizations fall into uh, where we're sort of wordsmithing. This was a coalition of action. We've achieved action. Uh, we're driving forward. Um, So it's exciting when we we are able to, to get together and keep on making some progress.
1: Well, thank you so much for ending on such a positive note. And it's great to hear that staying motivated and inspired is not hard at all, but actually something that just continues to drive you. So thank you so much for joining the podcast today. And we look forward to seeing how the coalition continues to take on the Plastic Waste Challenge in the new year.
0: If you would like to find out more about the CGF and our work on sustainability, you can visit our website at www.theconsumergoodsforum.com. If you like this episode, please do subscribe to the podcast for more episodes coming very soon. Thank you and see you next time.